I just want to say I'm so, so thankful and grateful to be here in my right mind. And I don't take that lightly because when I look around, y'all, I see so many things like people who are still on drugs or still drinking or getting caught up in that lifestyle. People who don't have a place to stay. People who don't have um, like a good job or a career or even the mindset to, to own a business, a successful business, so they can, you know, build a financial legacy and leave it behind. I'm so grateful to go to church. Um, during the pandemic, so many churches were closed down. Some of them did not open back up. Some of them didn't survive. But just to still have a church to go to, to be in a mind where I want to read my Bible and I want to worship the Lord. So I just want to take time to say thank you, Lord, for that part right there. Now, today's episode, we are going to answer this question. Is God pro-choice or pro-life? Let's get into it. Hey everyone, I am Sharice Antoinette. I am a self-published author who owns a company for other self-published authors. And I help design and format your workbook, affirmation cards, as well as journals. That's right, you can look me up right here in the description. I'm also the producer and host of My Beautiful Book Boss, the podcast, where we talk about faith, family, femininity and finances unless I am also the housewife coach and I help housewives turn into homemakers they don't just want to merely be the cleaners and the maids of their home but they really want to step into a position of homemaking and guide love and support their families now on today's podcast Like I said, we're going to dive deep into, is God pro-choice or pro-life? If you have not heard some of my other episodes, I encourage you to go back because I dig deep into abortion. It's a whole series. I talk about the definitions and the terms just as they are. Literally Google what is abortion and find out what the actual terms mean. So we're not disconnected when we say pro-choice. What does pro-choice mean? Okay. Um, And then I go into who's likely to get one. I also talk about the beginning of these clinics. Margaret Sanger, she was the founder of the abortion or Planned Parenthood, which she later called it. Okay. Um, And then I made a pivot and I started to talk about church girl. Um, I did not read the lyrics or anything like that. There are plenty of videos that goes into it, but I just merely talked about, you know, what is going on in the faith. If you are standing, trying to figure out what side you're on, right? If you still listen to Beyonce, or if you agree with Dietrich Haddon and her mother, um, or even Tank, because he made some comments as well. Um, like, are you for abortion? Are you pro-choice? Are, do you agree with the song? Are you uh, finding yourself what she's describing in the song? Like, what is going on with you and your Christian life? And so what I want to do 
And what I've been very intentional about is the word of God, because that's the one thing we're supposed to agree on. If we're coming in the name of the Lord, if we're coming and saying we're Christians, then that means we have to believe the Bible. I just saw, I didn't look at the video, but a video came up and it was like, I'm a Christian, but I don't believe the Bible. So, uh, you know, some of these things, you guys, we should not even be entertaining. We shouldn't even be debating. To be a Christian is to be Christ-like. So the fact that I'm pretty much going to say I'm a Christian, but I don't believe in Christ. That's not what she said. She said she don't believe in the Bible. But once you understand the Bible, then you'll see why I say you don't believe in Christ. Yo, the Bible is Christ, is the word of God. So like it's him. He's the living word. And that's basically what Christ was saying every time the Pharisees tried to trip him up or trap him or come against them. He kept going back to the fact, the prophets and everything you guys keep saying that y'all believe in Moses and Abraham. Y'all keep talking about y'all, the seed of Abraham, all of these things you're saying that you proclaim, they were talking about me. They were waiting for me. All of this hype was for me. So for you to reject me, then you're not in alignment with what they were saying. You're not following the commandments that Moses had, you know, and that that's what he was saying. So I'm saying the same thing that the Lord said. If you are going to bear his name, then you have to agree on his word. Have to, because it doesn't make sense. Because if, if you're not standing in the truth of God's word, then you're pretty much just doing whatever you want to do. You know, we'll call it something else. Don't don't say you're a Christian. Call it something else. If I'm just going to make up how I feel or, you know, my own revelations or whatever the case is. And that's something else that I'm thankful for is having sound doctrine, because I literally just found out you don't have to tug and pull and try to come up with your own definition. God said what he said, and that's what he meant. Just be diligent about searching the scriptures, you know, doing the hard work. Look up those definitions. Go back to the original Greek. Go back to um, Arabic. Sometimes it's in Arabic. Sometimes it's in Hebrew. Look in that concordance. Figure out what it's really saying. He already said it. And he said it plain and clear. So let's go into our scriptures for today. Um, I'm going to start with, I'm going to start with Exodus 20, 13, and it simply says thou shall not kill. Um, there are a lot of people who are trying to figure out is abortion killing? Yes, because the procedure itself is literally removing limbs. So our limbs are our arms and our legs. Um, even though the baby is small, it clearly is still a baby. Like, you know that if you get pregnant, you're not going to get pregnant with a cat or a dog. I mean, that's just what it is. You're not going to have a, a bird. Okay. You're going to have another human being. And if I'm pulling off the legs and the arms and crushing the head and the chest, I'm, I'm murdering. Okay. I'm murdering and I'm not murdering just anybody. I'm murdering my own child. 
I'm hurting my own body. And I don't think that should be a right. I don't think, I think that's crazy. Um, and, you know, the so-called people who came up with abortion, the the main reason that they really stood on in court was because illegal abortions was killing so many women. Well, why is it killing women? Because it is a violent procedure. That's why. It's kill. It, just think about it. You are ripping life outside of you. That is violent to your own body. Um, and now, since the pandemic, I forgot how much percentage, but instead of doing like physical procedures, now they're really depending on the pills and the pills are worse. Okay, it's just straight up um, death in a pill. It is very um, potent chemicals. There's nothing natural about these things that you're ingesting in your body to get rid of your baby. And I also discussed, again, if you go back to some of the other episodes, um, there's a difference between like the morning after pill or taking any cream or anything to um, prevent pregnancy. But if you already have pregnancy, you're ending it, not preventing it. So it's two different things. All right, let me keep on. Exodus 21, 22 through 25 says, If men strive and hurt a woman with a child so that her fruit depart from her and yet no mischief follow, he shall be surely punished. I'm going to go back. If men strive, so if they're walking, if they're hitting, punching, whatever, they do something and hurt a woman who is pregnant. So her fruit depart from her. So she literally loses that baby and nothing happens after that. He's going to be punished. That's what the scripture says. According as the woman's husband will lay upon him, he shall pay as the judges determine. And if any mischief follow, then thou shall give life for life. If that dude continues maybe it was an accident or maybe it was on purpose but if he continues on that path of destruction then his life will be traded for that unborn child's life this is the unborn child we're talking about because we're talking about is god pro-choice or pro-life eye for an eye two for two hand for hand foot for foot burning for burning wound for wound stripe for stripe um job thirty-one fifteen says did not he that made me in the womb make him? Did not one fashion us in the womb? So Job just said, God made him in the womb. He fashioned him. He knitted him. He he formed him. Jeremiah one five says, Before I formed you in the belly. I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. This is another point. When you are aborting your child, you are literally killing probably an answered prayer. You know, when we pray, sometimes we think money, cars, you know, I want to get married or I want to be famous. I want to have a big old house. Sometimes we think about that or we think about healing. But sometimes 
God will answer a prayer through a child. He will send a child to inherit legacy and to do mm-hmm. something in the earth. And so in Jeremiah's case, Jeremiah was formed. Again, he was created and shaped and molded inside of his mother. Because we're saying that this is just a mass or it's just cells. It's not living. It's just a fetus. It's an embryo. It's not a a baby with a personality. Well, this baby had a purpose. (laughs) before he was formed before his mother got pregnant before she knew anything about her son god already called him um it says before i formed you in the belly i knew you he knew him he knew exactly who jeremiah was going to be and before he came forth out of the womb before he was birthed i sanctify thee he was already saying, I just love that right there. The Lord will call his own, his own, and he will come and get you if you go astray. Thank you, Lord. And I ordained you as a prophet. So Jeremiah had a personality. Jeremiah had a calling, a purpose, and he was created to glorify God. And so are we. And so is your children. Um, your unborn children, it doesn't matter. We were all called to glorify and honor God. Are we living these glorified lives? That's for you to answer. Psalms 139, 13 through 16 says, For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from you when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance yet being unperfect. And in thy book, all my members were written, which in countenance, continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. That is just perfectly well said. The Lord covered him. In his mother's womb. Uh, I think a lot of this can go back to self-hate. Why are you doing what you're doing? Who, you know, called you ugly or told you you wasn't going to be nobody? What made you think that the life you're living is what God has called you to be? Like, what made you decide you was going to do whatever it is you're doing, you know, be an entertainer, get um, on drugs and alcohol and uh, want to reveal your body with these tight clothes or clothes that have cutouts and uh, showing your breast and showing your hips, having, you know, multiple children by multiple people. Um, or just shacking up, not getting married. Like, what caused you into that lifestyle? What caused you into homosexuality or lesbianism? Um, Like, what led you on that path? Because our scripture just said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and marvelous are your works. If you really know who God is, and that he don't make no trash, then you're not going to feel that way about yourself. 
You're going to walk in confidence of who God created you to be. You're not going to carry this false um, character about you because your mom wanted you to be a certain way. Your dad wanted you to be a certain way. Your grandmother wanted you to be a certain way. Um, Maybe it was a teacher, you know, saying whatever they was about you. And so sometimes we can go astray. And get chase all the degrees or whatever, you know, we're trying to do in life. And it's because of this low self-esteem. It's because somebody said whatever they said about us. It's, it's time to heal from that. And ladies, I do have a journal called um, A Beautiful Journey. And it's going to journal your way to healing. It, it's the companion journal to my book that I just released. Whoop, whoop. I'm going to make a podcast about that. Um, a series going through my book and what I'm going to be discussing and why I wrote the book, actually. Um, but, yes, it's time to heal, ladies. Because one thing I know for sure, you can try to be all God created you to be. You can try to be a wife. You can try to be a mother. You can try to be a business owner. You can, you know, try to be all of these things and chase after all of these things. But the bottom line is, if you are not healed in those deep places, you are not going to be able to grow beyond them. You're not going to be all that God created you to be. You're not going to use all of your potential because there's something still there holding you back. It's something there that's hurting, that's wounded. It's almost like trying to fill up a bucket, but yet the cup that you're dipping the water in has a hole in it. No matter how much you try to fill that bucket, Depending on how big that hole is, your water is going to escape before you can fill the bucket up. So, let's move on to our next chapter, um, our next verse. Deuteronomy 5.17 says, Thou shalt not kill. Numbers 5.11-31 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, If any man's wife go aside and commit a trespass against him, and a man lie with her carnally, it be hid from the eyes of her husband, and be kept close, and she be defiled, and there be no witness against her, neither she be taken with the manner. And the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and he be defiled. Or the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of his wife, and she be not defiled. Then shall the man bring his wife to the priest, and shall bring her offering for her in the tenth part in ephah of barley meal, and he shall pour no oil upon it. So um, it's just going to continue to go. I probably should have read closer to like 30, 31, the ending. But basically, because um, I already read that scripture before um, in my own personal reading, and I encourage you to go and read it because it's a very interesting passage but it's just talking about if she gets pregnant by someone else other than her husband if she's guilty 
then her belly was swell. That's what it said. Her belly was swell, and it was like a terrible affliction upon this woman, um, I guess in adultery and not bearing a child. Like, if she was pregnant, the child would not survive. Like, it just kept saying her belly was swell. But if she was found pure, if she was found undefiled, if she was found not guilty, then her womb will be fine. It will be blessed. Um, And that's just so insane to me that during this time, we're not trying to protect our womb. We are wide open, laying with, you know, anybody, not taking that part into consideration. Before we date, there's a process. Like, we should date with the mindset that I'm going to get married. And what I mean is, if this guy is not in alignment with Christ, then he cannot be my friend. He most definitely cannot be my boyfriend. And he will not be my man. He is not about to be my husband. Because he not even right with my God, who is my father. And when you think about the father's position in marriage, what does he do? He give his daughter over to a husband and then she becomes one with the man that she has chosen to marry. And so, ladies, this is such an important topic, um, marriage and sex, which sex should be held for marriage and You should raise a family inside of marriage. All of this was created for protection for us. Um, You know, men can have children, but uh, unconsequently, they can just walk away. I'm not saying it's right, and I'm not saying every man even thinks like that. Real men want to be with their children, (laughs) y'all. They want to have relationships with their children. But... The culture is just overwhelmingly a real man will take care of other people's kids. I mentioned this in another episode as well. Um, They can take care of other people's kids, but a real man want his own family. Like, a real woman wants a man who was set apart. And a real man wants a woman who was set apart and who waited just for him. And her just for him. Her just for him and him just for her. This is what God wanted. And then when the two become one, now you can start having children and things like that. Lena. Right here. Um, so it, it's something that we really need to take into consideration to protect ourselves and to protect our womb because... We're messing with everybody. Y'all know the monkeypox is going around. I don't know if y'all heard about it. It's a funny word to me. Um, it's just like monkeypox. What is that? And, and it, it's showing up in places that we shouldn't be at. It's showing up in actions that we should not be participating in. And I'm not saying that, pointing the finger. I have surely made my fair share of wrong choices. Um, 
But nonetheless, the Lord still chose me. And he cleaned me up. And this is a life set apart. This is a life that, you know, people who say, don't judge, don't judge. Y'all, they still in sin. They still live in a life of sin. Um, When you get saved, you put that sin on the cross. That's what should happen. And now you're living. You're you're not living as the old you, but you're living as the Christ inside of you is living. We need to come back to being holy, being righteous, being set apart. Yes. Because that's what the word of God says. We we should not be doing these things and being found guilty because that sin is going to cause something. What is that sin causing in your life? Think about that. Because I'm going to tell you, before I got saved and when I was living a life of sin, it was costing too much. I was paranoid. I was angry. I was depressed. Um, lust has a weight where you cannot satisfy it. It's, I was addicted um, to relationships. And I just, it was like a fiend, an addict. I couldn't stop and I didn't know how to fix it. I just, I was seeking love. But really, what I found out is, is that sometimes you just need the Lord. Because that's the only one that can fix that missing puzzle. That missing piece. Something is missing out of your life right now. It's probably God. The intimate relationship with our creator. You are missing something. And I'm sure it's him. And you need to allow him to come into that space. Into that area. Um, And again. The book. A Heart for the Home. Part one. is all about childhood. And childhood trauma. And that's what I talk about. I take you through. How I got. To where I was in life. Um, The Lord didn't have to save me. But he was so gracious and so merciful. He chose to save me. But why? Like why was I troubled at just 19 years old? You know. Who been through so much. That at 18, at 19, at 20. They're running to Christ. For repentance for a new life like why is life so bad at 14 at 15 you know that children are committing suicides or going into the school and shooting them up or um you know at 20 something years old overdosing overdosing on drugs getting on these hard drugs heroin and crack and cocaine and I'm, I don't know the newest terminology or anything. But what is so bad about life that's driving you to do these things and to be in relationships you really don't want to be in? For the sake of getting married, for the sake of not dying alone, you're just marrying anybody. You've been with this person for 10 years and... They just now saying, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and propose. And you say yes. Like, why? 
Why were you with them for 10 years? Why did it take so long to get married? And if they are just now proposing, if you're saved, I'm only talking to my sisters who are saved or want to be saved. Um, if you're living a life that's set apart, do you think that whole till your 10 year marriage, did God get the glory out of that? In 10 years, in eight years, in five years, in three years, you can pick any number. Were you living a life of sin or was God getting the glory the whole time? Because that should give you an indication if y'all should get married. If it, if he's not leading you to Christ, if he's not leading you to a new life, if he's not leading you out of a life of sin but causing you into it, you might want to hold off a little bit longer until you're clear. Get your emotions out of it. Seek God for yourself. Fast. Pray. Ask the Lord, is this the man for me? Because if he's not, then help me break this relationship off. If he come back, I mean, you know, you don't have to say yes. But if he comes back, again, let be in relationship with God. Let God tell you. Not you tell you. Right? Not you guess. Let's. Here we go. Psalm 22, 9 through 10. But thou art he. That took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. So, again, it's talking about this womb. Inside the womb. Coming outside of the womb. We all should be able to agree. When you have an abortion, your child is not being birthed. And sometimes you will not be able to have more children. Um, You definitely need to do your research on birth control because birth control, after taking it for so long, it really takes away your chance for ever having children. So it may have sounded good, you know, at 14 years old, get on birth control so you don't have a child young. That sounds good. But my issue is, don't have a child at 14, you shouldn't be having sex at 14. Don't have a child at 16, you shouldn't be having sex. Because nobody's saying don't have sex. Everybody keeps saying have protected sex. I have a problem with that. I'm going to tell the young lady who's listening, don't have sex. Unless it's with your husband, you should not be doing this with any and everybody. Only is only for your spouse. And when we understand what the act does, how it unifies you, how your insides, you know, your liquids, your juices, all of that energy comes together with another person's energy. You don't want to mix that with just anybody. It is a special, precious thing. That we need to tell our girls that you should save. This is not for everybody. You know, this is reserved. This is reserved. 
we need to live a life of purity. I wish I knew this early on because sin will mess you up. <laughs> it don't it will make you look crazy when you run running behind this man or boy and he's not even your husband. He's not committed to you. He doesn't have to be. Like no, that's not how it works. Um so I'm going to end it here. We discussed a whole lot. <laughs> I did not plan to say all of that. I'm sorry. (laughs) I hope I did not offend anybody, but I'm just defending the faith. And I pray that you all got something out of it. I pray that you all um, are in a space of really getting to know Christ. Because that's honestly the only way we're going to be able to survive. It's so much being said right now. And I want you guys to be safe safe in the will of God. Um, So you need to know him. You need to know his word and you need to be able to repent. If you found like, oh shoot, I've made some mistakes. I've erred in this way. Repent. He, he wants you to repent and come to him. And if you are holding off, keep on holding Keep on holding on. Keep the faith. I love you all. Stay beautiful. Be wise. Be all that God created you to be. Share this podcast with a sis. Bless her. And um, I'll see y'all in my next video. Definitely subscribe to the podcast. Check me out on YouTube. (laughs) And, you know, follow me on my other social media. But until next time, y'all, stay beautiful. I love y'all. Bye.